Well, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and we're here with our Romans Bible study uh, session number three today in chapter four. I pray that you'd avail yourself to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, as everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there. Uh, Chapter 1 had 23 sessions. Chapter 2 had 11 sessions. Chapter 3 had 16 sessions. And not only are they uploaded to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, they're also now being uploaded to our uh, website so that you can uh, listen to them going down the road on the church app. Just click on the playlist and you should see uh, Romans teaching or the Pastor Curtis teaching and, and you'll find them easy. And, and on our YouTube channel is really the easiest to go and listen to and watch the videos uh, after the fact in the archives. It's so simple for you to find it. So I encourage you to uh, avail yourself to those things and follow along with us. I've got my pencil, my paper this morning, having a Bible study. Just thought I'd invite you and glad you chose to, to watch this today. In the last couple of sessions, we have talked about uh, the first four verses in chapter 4 here in Romans. And, uh, and I'll go over that again very briefly this morning, but it says in chapter 4, verse 1, What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh has found? For if Abraham were justified, remember that word, by works he has whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3, For what saith the Scriptures, remember these words I'm highlighting for you this morning. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. There's that third word, justified the Scriptures and righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned, but of grace, but of debt. He says, now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So that fourth word is grace. In in verses 2 through 4, we've got the mention of justification, the scriptures, righteousness, and grace. Four things that you can't separate from the work of Christ at Calvary. You can't separate them. If you're going to talk about justification, you're going to have to find that in the scriptures. If you talk about uh, righteousness, you're going to have to find that in the Scriptures. If you talk about grace, you're going to have to find that in the Scriptures. And the Scriptures, Jesus said, were about Him. In John 5, 39, He says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of Me. And they didn't just testify of a man coming to work miracles. They testified of Him as a coming Redeemer, the seed of the woman, the one that would uh, reconcile men to God, the one that would strip the devil of his power of death, the one uh, that would be the shepherd laying his life down for the sheep. And so... uh, justification, righteousness, and grace, they're all found in the Scriptures, and the Scriptures are all in righteousness. God says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and righteousness only comes through the avenue of grace, and that only comes through the death of Jesus Christ. Galatians 2 and 21, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. So uh, make sure you're taking notes today. And he uses Abraham here first to point us to 
initial salvation, who that Abraham was found by God as a, a heathen idol, worshiping idol, making uh, man. And, and because he believed God, he believed that God would justify the ungodly. Let's read verse 5 today. But to him that works not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. You see, Abraham had to believe God in his justifying him from sin. That's what made Abraham's faith legitimate. Not just that he believed there was a God, not just that he believed anything about God, but that he believed in that sacrificial system that God had set up from the beginning. Amen. Somebody said amen or oh me and help me Lord. What, what allowed the Lord to impute righteousness to Abraham was that he believed that this God was the justifier of the ungodly and he needed this justifier. He needed this righteous standing with God. It's called conviction. He needed this and he believed God and God accounted it to him as righteousness. Now that's pretty powerful. He didn't work for it. He didn't do anything to get it. He believed God, the Bible says. He didn't work for it, but he believed on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. You see, it's not our works that are counted for righteousness, not even after we're born again. It's not our works that are counted for righteousness. It's the continued work of Jesus by His Spirit through us. That needs to really be honed in on at some point in mind in your life and understood. It's not our works even after we're born again. Amen. Well, well, the Bible talks about our work, yes, but they're only our works by faith. And by faith means that's something He's doing. Amen. When faith comes, faith overcomes because faith, true faith, brings the power of grace and God's grace is God at work in my life. I've never overcame anything without the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit who works exclusively within the perimeters of my faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And you say, well, I'm not really agreeing with you there. Well, read the book of Galatians and it'll settle it for you. Such as Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 where the apostle, the Holy Spirit through Paul tells the church in Galatia, if you do listen to them and you go back and you believe them and you, and you go get circumcised and you go back under the law, you put your faith in anything other than the cross, then you fall from grace and Christ can no longer profit you. So it does matter. And it, it does matter that you keep your faith only in the cross and you don't go by the newest book that comes out, the purpose driven or uh, uh, you can be a better you and all this garbage that men put out today moving our faith so subtly and deceitful and deceptively from the cross to what we're now doing because we didn't understand it's only considered our faith if it's faith in Jesus as Redeemer. It's only considered our works if it's Him working through us, through our faith in Him as Redeemer. Glory to God. He, yes, He calls it our faith has made you whole if our faith is in Him. See, it's the faith of the Son of God that we live by. Paul says that in Galatians 2 and 20. 
The faith we live by right now is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Think about that. And I don't want to get hung up on this. We've talked about this before. But I'm going to read verse 5 again before we move into verse 6. But to him that works not, means you can't do anything to get it, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That's powerful. That all you have to do is believe. Now I know there's a big, there's millions out there that say I believe and they're just out there living in sin and, and they've, maybe they did believe and they did have the righteousness of God imputed to them but they never did hear that you must keep believing that to live for God. To have Him continue that work in you and through you, the book of Galatians refutes, throws out the thought that He just keeps doing it anyway. Some people will hear what I just said. They, they, they won't even take time to go look it up in Galatians to confirm what I'm saying, and yet they'll just turn it off, throw it out. God's doing a work in me even if I'm rejecting Him. God's doing a work in me even if my faith is, is, is in this and that and not in the cross anymore. Listen, you need to go check it out. A Christian can fall from grace and be in a place where Christ can't profit them any longer. That's right, a Christian. Read the book of Galatians if you're interested. If you're not interested, then maybe you're not even saved. And that's, that's a scary thought because people that hear things they don't like to hear and they're given scripture to go and find it and they I'm not going to look at that, that ain't what I believe, then you need to ask yourself, why is it you believe what you do believe? If you don't go look things up, or do you just believe in whatever you hear on the job in the break area? Are you just hearing whatever your grandma told you? Let me tell you something. At judgment, at the judgment of God, you're not going to have grandma or your friends in the break area that you worked with there with you. And, and you're not going to be able to blame anybody. God's going to know, want to know, and, gonna, and you're going to give an, an account of why you believed what you believed. And nobody's going to be there for you to point a finger at. It's going to be you and the Lord, and no excuses are going to be allowed. It's not going to be a judge. God's not a judge like these earthly pitiful judges we have today. He is judge over all, a righteous judge. Righteousness means we have no excuses because being judged by a righteous God means we're judged by His righteous Word. And His Word has already told us there's no excuse. There's no excuse for not accepting Christ. Amen. And that was just for some who want to listen and, and they just really don't want to uh, submit themselves to this message of the cross because that's the only place a man can be humbled is at the cross. He can be broke down out there and lost everything. That don't mean he's humble. Humility is not a state of financial uh, loss or, 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 or cancer. That, listen, humility in the eyes of God only takes place when one comes to Calvary to admit, God, I don't have an answer. I've tried to make all the answers, but there's only one answer, and it's your son Jesus. You sent for me to die for me in my place because I deserve to actually be the one dying. 
And, I, and if you'll believe in that, my friend, not when you go and do something to try to prove you're saved, believing that immediately God imputes righteousness unto you. Romans chapter 6 reveals that He frees you from sin immediately. The guilt, the shame, not that you're not going to have issues, but He's going to begin to teach you and walk you in the way of victory and deliverance. Hallelujah. Day by day deliverance. And He also made you a servant of righteousness. Read it in Romans 6. Watch this now. Verse 6, Romans 4. Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. Verse 7, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Verse 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And here we have a little different twist on this type of the initial status of salvation, the initial status of being declared righteous, having righteousness imputed to him. And David is a picture of God not holding sins against those who are born again, God forgiving his, his people as they commit sins. David was already a child of God. David was already a man uh, after God's own heart. David was greatly used by God and David fell into sin. He fell into sin, a great sin. I mean, just imagine today what we would think of a man that, that wanted another man's wife and he, he made plans to have that man sent off into battle and put him on the front lines. You know, he, that's the command he gave, put him on the front lines because he, he, was, he wanted him dead because he'd done, stole his wife and, 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 and had uh, intimate relationships with her and now she's pregnant and so now he's got to figure out a way to kill her husband and just imagine that. But David, a man after God's own heart, when he's confronted some a year or so later by the prophet Nathan, he confesses. He repents brokenhearted that he has not just sinned against a man, a woman's a husband and a, and a woman, but he sinned, Lord, I've sinned against you. And, 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 and notice, and that's what context David quoted this in Psalms 32. Watch this now. In verse 6, even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Think about that. David is saying, I'm blessed because God will forgive me through the blood. Through this avenue of righteousness, this avenue of the sacrifice, God will forgive me in repentance. Think about that. And let me tell you something about, we see the word covered here, whose sins are covered. In the old covenant, God covered their sin. 
through the temporary sacrificial system of the, the blood of animals. But today, you and I, our sins aren't covered. Our sins have been removed completely, taken away, erased. They're no lo- we no longer go from year to year. We go from moment to moment. Forgiveness complete forgiveness, the removal of sins. When we bring our sins to our great high priest, our advocate that we have in Christ Jesus with the Father, our sins are forgiven. We're washed and, and, and allowed to continue in this path of righteousness. Hallelujah. And sin doesn't have to bring guilt and shame and condemnation into our lives. I'm not talking about an excuse to live in sin. I'm talking about an excuse Uh, no excuse for sin. That's what I'm talking about, that we don't have to live in guilt, shame, and condemnation that always, my friend, accompanies sin, whether you're a Christian or not. Shame, guilt, and condemnation come with sin. But faith in the sacrifice of Christ removes all those things and puts us back in a state of blessedness. Hallelujah. That's a blessed place to be, to know that as corrupt and wicked and evil and pitiful as I was, God has removed the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation of my sin and declared me righteous. And when I fall, I didn't say if, when I sin, I confess my sins to a holy God, a righteous God, and He continues to just keep on imputing, keep on considering me righteous. Hallelujah. Because it's not about what I do or don't do, it's about what I believe. Hallelujah. And you don't ever need to forget this, that it's, you listen, you're living the way you're living because you're thinking the way you're thinking. But you're thinking the way you're thinking because you're believing what you're believing. Your belief system is anchored to all that you will ever be, do, think, and, and anything is based on your believing. If you don't believe that God imputed righteousness and forgiveness of sins to you exclusively based on your faith in Christ and Him crucified, your life is going to be messed up and you're going to be living in fear, shame, guilt, and condemnation. Every single day of your life, that's what comes with works that are found under law. That law is me doing something instead of believing what Christ did for me. So when men bring the message of law, they bring the message that will in fact, without a doubt, bring guilt, shame, and condemnation into your life. You cannot be free under law. The law is you doing something. Grace is Christ having done it all. Hallelujah. You say, well, well, I must believe and then prove I believe. If you're believing, the Holy Spirit will manifest the proof that you're believing. It's not about you. It's about you submitting to that faith in Christ and Him crucified, Him instantly making you a servant of righteousness, and now you're seeking His kingdom and His righteousness for your life. And in that, by faith, He manifests the fruit of who He is in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Those are the works. The works we walk in are ordained 
in Christ. They're only in Christ. So uh, don't forget that. Now notice this. So I want to I give you something powerful this morning. And it's the definition of impute. You're going to love this. You're going to absolutely love this. The, the definition of impute, first of all, it's the, it's the, uh, in the Greek, it's 3049. And I'll do my best as a Texan to, to quote this. I'm, I'm, I, listen, I don't even try to go learn Greek and Hebrew, but I do look words up and see what they mean. But it, it's a logizomai. Logizomai is pretty good for a Texas fella. Logizomai. It, it's the Greek word for impute. Now listen to this. This word means that God has taken an inventory and in his inventory he's estimated and accounted to your account righteousness and he's concluded that. Listen to that again. It, three things. To take an inventory, to estimate an account, and to conclude when God saw your faith, not in something you're doing, because He hadn't imputed anything unto you, He hadn't in, imputed anything unto you because of your works. But when He saw your faith, your simple childlike faith, that means believing from the heart of who you are that Christ died in your place. You gave him your sins. He paid for your sins. Your faith in him, he imputed unto you. He took an inventory of that faith. He estimated and put a value on and accounted that faith as your righteousness that he has given you and he concluded that. It's concluded. It's over. It's the, the cross is God's declaration of righteousness. Your faith is the imputation to you of that righteousness. And God's imputation is God's gavel going down through the voice of Jesus saying, It is finished. Hallelujah. Jesus did the work. Your faith gets you the results of the work. And hear me this morning. It gets you the manifested fruit of that work. Your works don't get you the fruit of anything but your works and and praise among men and being just before men. No deeds of the flesh. Let's read it. Chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. And again, let's read Romans chapter 4, verse 2. Because if Abraham were justified by works, he has that to glory in, but not before God. Men that teach water baptism for salvation, taking communion for salvation, doing this for doing this, deeds are doing something. You doing something for salvation. They can glory in the presence of men and puff up about what they've done, but not before God. The only boasting that can be done before God. And this is why Paul said in Galatians 6 and 14, I boast in nothing but the cross. Hallelujah. Because that's the work God wants you to see, accept, and begin to boast in. That His Son paid it all for you. Glory to God. Is this good news? No, this is great news, my friend. Glory to God. This is better than good news. He did it all. 
He saves you when you were lost and when you sin, He shows back up to a broken heart, broken down because of sin, knowing that, that I need help, I need Him, and He doesn't hold that sin against us. He sees today He'll see that true faith and that true faith in the sacrificial work of Christ brings that forgiveness right into your life for those sins today. He continues to cleanse of all unrighteousness. Glory to God. This is good news. He takes an inventory of your heart to see what kind of faith this is you claim and you have. And when he sees it's in the one who said it's finished, the one who did the work for you, the one who God says he was in reconciling sinners to himself, 2 Corinthians 5.19, when he takes an account uh, and he takes an inventory and he sees that faith, he estimates on that faith and says this is right faith. This is the faith being manifest of my son who loved them and gave himself for them and I'm accounting that for righteousness unto them and I'm concluding this. Boom, it's done. You don't have to go prove it. God says if that's what you believe, I'll prove it through you. It's my spirit. It's my fruit. It's my kingdom. It was my work on the cross and if it's taking place today, it's still my work and it's a righteous work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is good news, my friends. I get to where I get excited about this message. If you had been out there in left field, not really left field, we done jumped the fence and took off out, man. We were gone. using God's Word in every every context, every avenue. Man, we were preaching. Uh, you had to have a different kind of faith that heals than the one. Man, we were preaching and teaching God the covering. You had to be tithing up and he had to tithe up and the pyramid system was in the church. And My Lord, we, we taught the government of 12. We taught the purpose driven. We taught the words you speak or the power of God. And we taught everything we pointed everybody to every place but Calvary. We always taught people how to get saved, but then once we saw them saved and born again, we began to teach them what they had to do to see the righteousness of God manifest in their lives. So unbiblical. So unbiblical. Let me say it again. God began the work. God finished the work. And if there's any work taking place today in and through us, it's by His Spirit and His his Spirit only glorifies Jesus by taking that which is of Jesus and showing it unto you. And all that must be seen through the cross or we're back in Galatians 5 where the Bible says, oh, if you've stopped believing in the cross and you've now you're looking at what you have to do, you've fallen from grace and Christ can't profit you anymore. What's that mean? Well, it doesn't really mean you're lost, but it means you're no longer on the path of the just. You're no longer on the path of the righteous. You've taken an illusion. The devil called an exit off of this uh, run of victory, this race of victory. Well, let me tell you something today. All throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit deals with the difference between law and grace and our works and the works of the Holy Spirit and righteousness by, by grace through the death of Jesus or righteousness by the law all through the New Testament. And you and I have to conclude 
We have to have the same conclusion that God has. Oh, that was good this morning. We have to have the same conclusion that God had in Christ at Calvary. God, listen to me again, He took an inventory at Calvary. He estimated and He accounted that was it and that was all that was ever needed. And He concluded that. That, my friend, is the definition of imputing. Imputing. God imputing according to your faith, not your doing something. We're born under the law, even as Gentiles. Romans 2, 14 and 15 reveal that, that our, it's, it's our own hearts that prove that we're under the law even though we're not Jewish and didn't know anything about the Ten Commandments and raised up in that. But still, we prove that the law, the works of the law are written in our hearts because we excuse or we accuse And that's just the fruit of being under the law. So we're so used and we're raised up taught, if you do good, I'll reward you. If you do bad, I'm not giving you nothing. If you do good on your job, you'll get rewarded. You'll get promoted. And those are okay. But spiritually, they don't work. They don't work spiritually. You believe in Christ, you enter the kingdom. If you're believing in Christ and what He did at Calvary and you move on through the kingdom, you stay on the path of the just, the path of the righteous, amen, if you keep your faith in the cross. And so we've seen two examples in chapter 4 of Romans, one being Abraham, initially born again, accepted, declared to be righteous by God, not by his works, but by his faith. God saw his faith in that what God did to justify the ungodly, which is the sacrifice of his son, Jesus said about Abraham, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Hallelujah. That means the day that he would die for sinners. And David, being the man born again, not really born again under the Old Testament, but he's a a child of God. He's a believer in the coming Redeemer, the promise given, and he's saved under the Old Covenant by faith in the sacrifice through faith in the coming Redeemer and a man after God's own heart and he falls into sin and then he realizes, I can be forgiven. God is faithful. God is just. And it's not based on my works, good or bad but the work of Christ. What a blessed truth to know. Some people say that we preach a greasy grace, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not greasy. Under grace, there's a greater requirement to live for God than even under law because their limits have been removed. We're no longer under law. We're under grace, and with grace comes everything God wants to do in our life. Carry out His full will for our lives. That's powerful, my friend, and I'm thankful for that. That grace is God at work. Amen. Well, we're about out of time today. I pray that you have received of the Lord through this teaching. I pray that you will avail yourself to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. We have a church app there. You can just watch with ease, even live, the archives. And uh, I just pray that you would uh, just have a greater desire to study and to learn God's Word than ever before. And until next time, God bless you and stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you next time.